you, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. <laughs> Welcome to Salt Lake Dirt. I'm your host, Kyler Bingham. Today on the show, I welcome filmmaker Rex Dean. His film, Space Baby, will have its world premiere at Dances with Films on Sunday, June 25th at 6.30 p.m. I had a chance to see this film this morning before I talked to Rex, and I, I really dug it. Uh, just a fun, uh, insightful film that really got me thinking about a lot of different uh, things and w- when I found out the backstory for the film, I, I was I was blown away. He shot it about 25 years ago, and we get into that in the interview. So I'll leave it for that. But uh, just a very cool film. I really encourage people to to keep an eye out for it. Um, I think it has has kind of a timeless quality. I, I had no idea it was shot that long ago. Uh, it looks great. But uh, really enjoyed talking to Rex. This was a, a very enjoyable conversation uh, for me. And, you know, we got to talk a bit af- after off the air and uh, just a really great guy. Um, but yeah, Space Baby, keep your eyes peeled for it. If you are in Los Angeles, uh, make your way down to the Chinese Theater and see some great films. Sunday, June 25th at 6.30 p.m., Space Baby will have its world premiere. So let's jump into it and talk to Rex Dean on the Salt Lake Dirt podcast. Thanks for listening. Rex, thank you so much for joining me on uh, the podcast today. I had the chance to see Space Baby, which has um, it's playing at the Dances with the Films Film Festival, Sunday, June 25th at 6.30 p.m. Um, so glad, glad to have you on the show today. Hey, thanks. So you got a chance to watch it? I did watch it. Yeah, I watched it this morning. <laughs> um, I think it's one of the films that if you watch it like four times, you'll start to get it. <laughs> Those uh, tend to be my favorite. Like we were just talking about The Room and, you know, I think the more I watch that ridiculous movie, <laughs> it like just, it grows and grows and grows. So uh, I love it. Yeah, there's something it. about outsider art, you know, like guys who don't know what they're doing or gals. Um, yeah. You know, if you really don't know what you're doing, you're going to come up with something that's a little different, you know. <laughs> um, well, and you don't you don't know your own limitations. I think that that in both cases, that's kind of uh, our our shared problem. <laughs> well, OK, so let's talk about let's talk about the film. And I, I think I whenever I get a film to watch and that I'm going to cover, I I try to. I read quickly, maybe just the first line or two in the log line, and then I don't want to read any of the background. I just want to watch the film, and then I'll come back and read the background information on it. And the background to this is is pretty fascinating. I mean, the f- the fact that it was shot in 1998 is that correct? Uh, 97. 97. Yeah. So about as long, yeah, as long as the the film festival that you're going to be at here. So. Uh, I would just love to to hear about the the genesis of the film. Your kids are in it. Uh, this is like the the epic home movie <laughs> for them, yeah, I would imagine. So it's got to be <laughs> the most expensive home movie ever made. Um, I had the good fortune of um, 
having a college friend who was very um, uh, philosophical and he, he was getting a PhD in English and he was like, you know what? I don't want to be an academic. How could I make money without working too hard so I can still be a philosopher? <laughs> and he, he, he got a job as a loan officer for the Bank of Boston because he had, he had had a school in Iran. Anyway, so his, his principal of the school in Iran got um, uh, start, went to business school and, and started a reinsurance company with Warren Buffett and uh, asked my friend, do you want to be president of a reinsurance company? And my friend is like, what's reinsurance? <laughs> and he said, we'll figure it out. Anyway, over about 10 years, they made about a billion dollars. And, uh, and so this friend, Mike Palm, said one day, hey, I know you always love film. If you ever want to make one, let me know and I'll, I'll be happy to fund it. <laughs> And so I went home and I, I my uh, my son had been playing around uh, with a blender. He's he was like seven. He'd, he'd go, it's alive, it's alive. <laughs> and he had a baby brother coming along right then. So I thought, oh, that'd be a fun short story or something about a little boy who wants a baby brother. And um, and anyway, once the baby came along, it looked just like a little spaceman, you know, like little bright blue eyes, like an alien. And so. Um, the story just kind of came out of that and I would tell people about it. And, uh, there was a principal of a Trinity school in New York. I went to see once to ask for advice about school. And he said, by the way, your story is the Holy grail story. And I'm like, really? He's like, Oh, you should research that. And so it became the Holy grail story. And another friend said, uh, watch the film said, you know, your movie is about love. I said, really? <laughs> so I added <laughs> characters of love anyway. So, um, but the investor friend died um, in 98 and uh, and I was not, a you know, I think I'm an OK writer and director, but pretty terrible producer. And I just wasn't willing to ask people for money. And his estate didn't, you know, he said they said, we know he loved you, but we're not going to finish funding your film. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I worked on it until I ran out of money. And then I, I had to set it aside, get my kids through school and college until they all got jobs. And then. Uh, and then I could pick it back up again. Uh, and But being something, I loved every character so much that working on it for years, you know, it, it couldn't have been a better um, bunch of people to watch, you know, as I tried to make it better. Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed it. I know um, it, it's, it dances with kids. It's on the kids block uh, of films being shown. And one thing that I like really kind of, struck me with from it because uh it may so i'd be i would be a little older than the kids at the time like maybe i was born i was born in 81 but it kind of gave me that feeling of being like with the the young boy um that period in your life where you're just super curious and excited and you know i I'd forgotten about that feeling. And this film kind of like <laughs> brought that up in me again. And like, yeah, when I was like, you know, eight to 11 years old or so, that little like chunk of time was, was pretty special. And I, I tend to forget about that and just how, you know, you're, 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 you have your interests and you really go in on them and you're, it's a, it's, it's an exciting time. So I felt like it was just a, such a fun movie. Um, watching this and then i thought it was shot like in the last couple of years that was my <laughs> when i watched it i'm like oh this yeah i just didn't even question that i mean um there wasn't a ton that i felt that made it like dated earlier but it was shot yeah in 35 millimeter film in in 97 so that kind of 
that kind of blew me away after I watched it. I'm like, oh, these kids are like adults. They're <laughs> this is yeah, this no, is they're pretty close wild. to your age. Yeah, the, the um, there's this crazy noise reduction um, software that comes with DaVinci Resolve. If you watched the Beatles documentary, they they had to use the same thing where it it takes away all the graininess of the layers of old film, and it makes it feel like you're in the present. It's yeah. it was it's this incredible thing. But but yeah, so I, what I love about that period that you grew up in, and I grew up in obviously, um, was that this film was written before Google, before Facebook, before iPhones, before any of that stuff. So be, you know, so the. Um, you had to create your own entertainment and, you know, and follow your own, you know, dreams. Like you said, and several people who watched it said like, Oh my God, I used to, uh, I used to get on my mom's Avon things and go in the backyard and mix chemicals like yeah. a mad scientist, yeah. you know? <laughs> I did too. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I think of it as a kid's film exactly. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, I think well, I, it's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It'll hopefully find some kind of audience. Well, know? I think it like to to me, it's like a, a like a family film. Like like a kid could enjoy it definitely, but then there's all the like philosophy and religion and existential crisis going on that <laughs> like sucks me right in. I'm totally in on that. Um, so I think it I think it really has a broad appeal. Like you can appeal to all kinds of people, and I I could see it being the kind of film that. Um, families would enjoy watching watching together i mean i just think it's great well thanks um i mean i it's kind of a film like maybe only a high school teacher would appreciate right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so many uh <laughs> so many crazy um references and it's it's almost uh, cliched like i um it wasn't living in oblivion but it was one another one of those films about filmmakers making films and they mm. and the the joke was they always have to have nietzsche in their film. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I've got everything in the kitchen sink in there. So, um, but you know, hopefully it'll appeal to, to some people. I, I ended up adding a lot of ladybugs toward the end. And uh, <laughs> because uh, a Brazilian friend of mine said, oh, I love these so much. I'm like, okay, then let's get some guys in India to make more ladybugs. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's great. No, like with the kid, like, like stumbling upon um, Nietzsche, it's like every young man. <laughs> has to go through that phase. He just hit it a little earlier <laughs> in the film. So well, he was a brilliant little guy. He was like reading Catcher in the Rye when uh when he was like eight and we would visit <laughs> That's this, great. My billionaire friend had a penthouse right next to the the Met in New York. And so we had our own bedroom there and he had eight balconies and and I would bring Sam um who would read, you know, stories while we're hearing about, you know, my friend's acquisitions. Uh but Sam is now a tech reporter for the LA Times. Really? He's like, yeah, he's still a little technologist. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, all my all my kids moved out to LA, so I um, was very happy to follow. Oh, that's great! So you're so you are you're in Los Angeles now. You live in Los Angeles. Yeah, I've been here for about seven eight years now, and um, the house I still kept the house that the film was shot in it's it, in Boston. House. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's just like. 1890 it has a good soul to it yeah um i don't know that i'd ever want to make films not in a house where you can really take time to rehearse and Mm -hmm. you know um i think ingmar bergman would make films that way where you'd get people together for a month to rehearse in a you know some farmhouse yeah um uh are you now you're in salt lake i'm in salt lake yeah 
Yeah. Did our, you ever? Do you ever run into? I know. I wanted to give a shout out to you know Gerilyn White Dreyfus. I don't believe um, so. No. She's she did um, uh, Born into Brothels. She's made like five Academy yeah. Award winning. Yes, films. I, I've seen that. I've seen that film. And most recently, Navalny. And um, anyway, she's a college friend, and uh, I sang at her wedding. So does she live here? She yeah. So she's in Salt Lake. Oh, um, I didn't know that. I've, I know yeah. that film well. Yeah, I love that film, The Born in the Brothels. Yeah. Yeah, she'd be a great Geraldine White Dreyfus. Um, she'd be a great guest. She's yeah. um, super interesting. And I was talking to her the other day about you know the state of uh, indie film mm-hmm. distribution, and which is really tough even for someone who's got five academy award-winning films yeah um and and their new film navalny which is is pretty uh important um so that's um well thanks for the thanks for the (laughs) the tip i'll check it out yeah i didn't realize she lived here that's so cool yeah how'd you end up out there are you from there so i'm from here originally um and then i actually lived in boston for a while that's where i met my wife when i lived in boston um and then i came back to salt lake to try to figure out what I was doing with my, <laughs> with my career. So I'm a, yeah, I'm a high school teacher, um, by day. And, um, yeah, we just kind of settled, settled here. I, I've, I've really enjoyed the city, like the last 10 years, I feel like Salt Lake's kind of come into its own. Um, and it's become kind of a, a nice place to live. Um, but yeah, so originally nice. from here, we do the podcast from here. Um, and then the radio show, uh, it's kind of a weird connection. They play it out in Santa Cruz, California, Monterey area as well. So that's where the radio broadcast, um, this episode will air probably next week, next Monday. Well, that's, that's cool. I've got a, a brother who runs, I think the oldest, um, uh, organic farm in California called camp joy up uh-huh. in Boulder Creek, Boulder Creek. So oh. he probably listens. Oh, very but, cool. <laughs> uh, one thing wh- when I get off the phone uh, here, I'm going to, um, a friend of mine just found some contact information for David Lynch. Uh, really? Because speaking of <laughs> speaking of Boston, um, but he and Peter Wolf were roommates. Uh, really? Back back in the day. <laughs> so I'm hoping I can entice him to come out and see. Uh, I think this might be Peter Wolf's only film performance. Incredible. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So the, let's talk about the festival. I mean, the the festival kicks off, I think, in a day or two. And then your screening is Sunday, June 25th at 6.30 p.m. So, you know, in case people don't know, this will be at the Chinese Theater. Um, tell us about, like, what you're, what you're looking forward to. Like, what, what are you most excited about as far as the festival run goes? Well, if anyone's listening who is around, um, if you go to spacebaby.com, that's the easiest to remember, spacebaby.com. Um, there's a link to get tickets. Um, man, it's an incredible festival. The, um, the the founders uh, leslie is so proactive we get a lot of emails and a lot of encouraging each other like i think there might be 200 films if you add up all the shorts and Mm -hmm. the features and um you know so it's it's kind of overwhelming how much um mutual support is going on and cross promotion and people you know we're all be going to see each other's films um but there's um it starts thursday a um, little red carpet and party and, and then, uh, you know, films run for, I think about 10 days. Yeah. And, uh, I guess the favorite thing about it, um, cause there's a lot of, um, dances with films alumni here, um, is the filmmaker lounge where mm-hmm. you just get to know other filmmakers and that, 
uh, it always leads to something, you know, yeah. a, a recommendation for a DP or for, a, you know, a producer or something like that. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's only about um, a couple miles from where I live. So. Oh, that's that's very cool. Yeah, I'll be I'll be down there. I don't get until Monday, um, but I'll be there for a few days. Oh, um, sweet. So hopefully, or if you're, if you, I don't know how much you'll, you'll be around, but we, we, hopefully we bump into each other. Um, I'm super excited about it. Yeah. I plan to go, uh, pretty much every day. Cause I, I don't think there's anything better to be doing if you're in LA <laughs> and you're a filmmaker. Seriously. Yeah. So. yeah. No, it's um, so true about like the, the, a sense of community among the filmmakers. I mean, you know, there's so many film festivals and there's great ones, but this one has really struck me at being like yeah creating this really cool community among the filmmakers it's it's great that's oh, very cool yeah i hope um a hundred of them i mean I'm, I'm gonna be i just i got my i'm not very organized so i just got um cards printed today that i'm gonna pick up oh, and, nice. I just, uh, <laughs> and i just made uh posters last night that fedex office printed um one of them is so there's two one is a collage of you know i put you know, it's interesting. The film was originally called The Adventures of Space Baby and Mental Man because it was uh -huh. about, yeah. you know, mental man and baby. And when, you know, if you watch it 25 years later, I realized something that there are four important characters here. You know, one is Sam, who's a mm -hmm. like a scientist atheist. One is Sophia, who's like a nature worshiper. Um, one is uh, Charlie Brown, who's like, you know, practices all religions. And, and then there's a fascist. You know, mm -hmm. this fascist nurse, you know, and <laughs> I, I, when I made the film, it was kind of a joke, you know, like, oh, yeah, fascism. And now it's like, oh, this oh, is no. kind of sad. <laughs> but, but what I realized is that um, my opinion about the film and a lot of people have have said this, that they what they bring to it is what they get out of it. So they said, oh, you've made such a Christian film. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I didn't think that. And, you know, and I thought my opinion was clear. But it's not because every one of these characters, you know, these three characters, yeah, they're, they all they don't agree on anything about like uh, spirituality, and yet they have one thing in common, which is they got to fight fascism. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, my point is that that's um, so interesting. So, no, I, 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 but my point is that the only brave character in this is Sophia, the little girl. Yeah, <laughs> she's always standing up. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I hadn't realized that. You know, because I just wrote who she is as a yeah. little kid. She's just this feisty little kid. And um, so I, I made a poster that's a, you'll see, um, hopefully, a bit of a collage. Um, and she's at the center of it holding a, you know, a flower and a peace sign, you know. Yeah. And all the other characters are around her. Because um, she's, um, she's really the only fighter in the film and the only active one. Everyone else has kind of given up or they're just too intellectual to do anything. Um, so it was, it's interesting how... Uh, you know, when you're creating something, you don't like, like, like the guy was saying about the room, you don't really realize what you're creating. Right. Right. No, it's um, so true. I mean, um, you know, I love, I taught a philosophy class years ago and, um, that's a, you know, subject close to my heart. So that was like, that was what I got from, I was like super excited watching this and, and, and seeing this kid, um, you know, pose questions and you know try to figure things out i just thought that was so um interesting and i'm so glad i got the chance to see it. i don't cover just because the time is kind of a limitation i i can't pick a ton of films to see beforehand just because i just don't have the time but this was one um that was on my list i'm like space baby God, this sounds really interesting and i'm so glad i got the chance to see it 
uh, beforehand because um, I just feel like this this could be a much longer episode. There's just so many like interesting things. The fact that it was that it was filmed so long ago totally fooled me. Um, just I can totally totally see that now. What you just said about how like depending on the perspective of the viewer, it's like oh you, that was that that's the focal point. Um, to me, that's a great film right there. If you can like impact all these different kinds of people from different points of view. And um, yeah, I guess what, what, one question I did have, if you don't mind a few more minutes. Um, no, the, of course. Yeah. The, the, the Charlie Brown <laughs> character, um, blue, blue. Um, I just, I really enjoyed his, his part and just like the kids interaction with this guy, maybe you could speak to just a bit about kind of how you came up with that character. Um, I just found him so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I love, we used to, we screened it, you know, 20 years ago to get feedback. And one of the, you know, little kids would line up and ask questions and parents would. And, and a lot of people said, I always wished I had a friend like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it would be great. To, um, the, the funny thing about um, this character. Okay. So I had a real friend named brother blue who lived in Harvard square. And a lot of people credit him with inventing rap. He would, he would go, Shabbity boop, shubity zam, long ago and far away, there was a deer with a heart of gold. You know, and they'd start telling stories, right? But every time he would see me on the street, he would go, Rex, the voice of an angel. And he'd make me sing something with him, you know? <laughs> and great. so, and everybody thought he was crazy, but he had a PhD from Harvard, right? And and when you really listen to what he said, he's not crazy. So yeah. I thought that's a cool character. And, and it reminded me of Satchel Paige, who was... Uh, he was also tall and skinny like Brother Blue. And uh, Satchel Paige has, you know, so many great sayings attributed to him as a real philosopher of baseball. And he was considered, you know, one of the greatest pitchers of all time. And so I knew that Brother Blue, I couldn't trust to act. He would just run out all my film budget because he would just be going <laughs> on and on about, you know, deer with hearts of gold or whatever. And so I thought, well, who is tall and skinny like Satchel Paige? And I, um, I you know, I, this is before Google, but somehow I knew about Dick Gregory and mm -hmm. I thought I'm going to scald Dick Gregory up because he was in the phone yeah. book. And so I said, Hey, I'm making <laughs> <Yeah>. this movie. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, send me the script. And so he's like, okay, this is great. But how about if he says, why does the CIA sell drugs in poor neighborhoods? You know, so a <laughs> yeah. lot of the radical parts of that character came yeah. from Dick Gregory, really, which is insane. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So <laughs> He was going to play that character. And then um, right before we started shooting, Malcolm X's wife um, got burned really badly. And he said, look, I got to drop out. I got to go hang out with the family, you know. Um, and so then uh, we we got uh, one of my um, co-producer friends met Bill Cobbs in an airport, I think going to Sundance. But Bill Cobbs is a great actor from uh, um Hudsucker proxy and you know it's old black guy, old tall skinny guy. He then had to drop out because he got a job as Gregory Hines' uh, father in a Gregory Hines TV show. He said, "But you know my best friend Charlie Brown. We grew up together in Ohio, and uh, and so that's how we found Charlie. And I I don't think there could have been a better actor for it. Um, so that's the idea that this combination of Dick Gregory, Brother Blue, a kind of wacky storyteller on the street, and and Satchel Paige, um, uh, I think made for a pretty rich character. And you know what I love about it is that he has zero magic powers, 
Mm-hmm. You know, he, his only power is caring about people and pitching a baseball. Yeah. You know, but he doesn't, he's not saving anyone except, you know, if he uses his own body. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I sort of avoided the, the so-called magic Negro trope. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, almost by chance. Cause 27 years, 26 years ago, it wasn't really like frowned upon, but right. it, um, but the truth is being the soul of the earth is no great thing. <laughs> <It's a tough laughs> <job. laughs> so um anyway well yeah great i mean great performance and um i'm so glad go ahead i I want to say so the the cool thing about charlie he he um was on broadway with denzel washington james earl jones and viola davis and samuel l jackson and every great black actor in america because he was in this negro ensemble theater company and um I'm hoping that eventually, um, you know, those guys will come watch the film yeah. um, because this was his last film. But one person I did was able to get in touch with is um, Yvette Nicole Brown from Community. Do you remember that? Actor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she is the niece of Charlie Brown. Really? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, also named Brown. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so I reached out to her and I said, hey, you know, I'd love for you to come see your uncle's latest film, last film, final film. Um, because Charlie was had uh, cancer, and so as we were doing our post production and and getting him to say a few more lines, I'd go down to New Jersey. Can you say just a few more lines that I need mm. off screen? He was dying, mm. and so the last time we saw him, he was in like a hospital gown, and we we're still like, <laughs> can you just say a few more lines? It was just I wanted to do so many other films uh, with him. Wow. Um, but anyway, so Yvette Nicole Brown said. I am in, in Ohio with my dad, who is really ill, but he's the older brother of Charlie Brown, and we would love to see this film. That's great. <laughs> so I, I sent him a link, and she says, oh, wonderful. He's going to be so happy. Oh, that's um, incredible. So, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you um, you decided to finish it and, and release it. You know, There's so many unfinished films out there. This is a very cool story, and it's amazing that the film um, – just it's like it was just made last year so it it, to me from my perspective so uh i totally dug it loved it um i'm sure i'm sure people who um get out there to the festival will check it out so we'll make sure we'll have links to where people can pick up tickets to this um sunday june 25th at 6 30 p.m at dances with films in hollywood uh rex this was this was great i really i really enjoyed talking with you and the film's great and i wish you the best Thank you so much. And I'm psyched that you're coming to town. So I would, yeah. you know, definitely see you and hang out. Absolutely. Okay. Take care. All right. Thanks for having me.